Lord, take my lips and speak through them. Take our minds and think through them. Take our hearts and set them on fire with love for your Son, Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. Well, last week we began our fall sermon series, which is entitled God's Way, and we focused on, in fact, the title of the series, God's Way, and the scripture that I chose for that was out of John 14, 6, Jesus saying, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Well, as my mind went on this series and I began to think about God's way, my mind immediately went from thinking about a way to thinking about directions. Because if you're seeking a way, oftentimes, if you're seeking a way, you need directions to find that way, don't you? Right? Okay. So if you're getting directions, now if you hear the word directions, you might actually think of more than just seeking a way. It depends on what you're working on at the moment. Right? Because at different times in my life, I sought directions for different things. Like, for example, if you're working on a project or a task, you might have written directions for that project or task, right? You might not refer to them, but you have them. (laughs) Or if you are given a job at work, sometimes with that job, You need directions in order to carry that job out. I remember one boss I had uh, at one stage in my life who, because he billed so much per hour, and I was his administrative assistant, this is before I went into the ministry, he actually uh, would give me a task to do without any instruction and tell me to figure it out. And one time when I was driving him somewhere so that he could work in the back seat, because he billed so much per hour, I saw him taking a break, and I asked him a question why he did that, and he said, Greg, you could get something wrong 10 or 11 times, and I still save money. That's the way he thought. And it's interesting how people think sometimes. So he felt giving me direction was wasting his time. He'd rather see me figure it out myself. And that's frustrating. Because directions are helpful. We all seek directions. We all like directions. That's why we have apps like on your phone when you're seeking directions when you're driving down a road and you have an address, or in my case, a Garmin, because I have a flip phone. And I told the story not long ago about visiting Daniel at Fort Bragg and how because my Garmin is like a 2013 or 2014 and the road was built in 2015, how the Garmin kept trying to recalculate because the road in the Garmin wasn't there. You know, think about it. When you're given directions, you want the best directions. You want the right directions. You want directions that are trustworthy and reliable. You know, when we first moved here back in 1992... I found out before I came here that swing sets, if you live in a plantation, swing sets here are not like normal swing sets in other places. 
You know, because the swing set we had in San Antonio and Pittsburgh were the metal ones that were colorful and, you know, you could do that. Here they have to be wooden and they have to blend in with everything else, you know, like the houses. So I found out that I could get a kit with a wooden swing set and then I could put it together myself. So not long after we moved in here, I had this kit and this swing set wasn't just a swing set. This thing was like really complicated and really mammoth. And it had like rungs you can climb on and it had a sawhorse and it had this tire swing and, and it had swings. What they didn't tell you is if you're going to build this thing with pressure treated wood, a normal drill for someone like me who was not a handyman is going to burn out. And my drill, after a few hours of working on this swing set, burned out. And my time at that stage in my life was very limited. And I set aside one day to put this swing set together. And so that night, while I was still working on it with my burnout drill, I had a flashlight in my mouth with a hand drill finishing it. Because the directions didn't tell me that you needed a certain grade or level of drill to do the job. And it was frustrating. Several years later, I, brought, I bought a basketball hoop, you know, with one of those spring action rims and a pole. And I cemented the pole in and I got the hoop and I got the basket and one bolt was missing. So you can't complete the task. You realize how much we rely on directions and what you have being trustworthy and reliable. There's a commercial out right now for a Toyota Camry about this guy who meets this girl and, you know, decides to go back to her home almost immediately. And as he's driving, he's saying, you know, the car is going to get me there. I can trust that. I wish the car could tell me what to do next with the relationship. Isn't that interesting? See, because sometimes when it comes to relationships, we're not clear. Where do you go to find direction? I'm not just talking about direction for all the various tasks of life. I'm talking about direction for the purpose and the meaning and the decisions that you make in life that matter, like relationships. Because that's critical to your life. That's critical to where your life is going and what you do with your life. Most people are so scattered with where they go, there's no consistency. There's no constancy. Sometimes they go with a particular voice in the culture. Sometimes they go with their own gut, their own feeling. Sometimes they won't rely on anybody else until maybe it's a health problem. And then they're going to seek 
a doctor who's the best, a treatment that's the best. So often when challenges or problems arrive arrive to our lives, how we're going to seek out the best direction. And yet so much of the decisions that we make in life when it comes to relationships and morality and spirituality, our lives are so haphazard. And we listen to such varied voices or our own gut. In talking about Jesus being our way, our truth, and our life, that's critical. That is critical to salvation. That's critical to find our way in life. Because we are flawed, we are fallible, we are sinful creatures. So we need someone outside ourselves. But when it comes to direction, What did Jesus say? I will send you the Holy Spirit. I will send you the Holy Spirit to guide you into all truth, to direct you. And the reason I chose the two passages that I chose for today, first from Exodus and then from Matthew's Gospel, because in the Exodus passage, we have a foreshadowing of how the Holy Spirit operated with the people of Israel. And you need to think a little bit of the background that led up to this passage. The people of Israel were an enslaved people. They were bound in Egypt. And they cried out to the Lord. And the Lord sent Moses, and then he did all these incredibly powerful acts through Moses... And brought them out. And then Pharaoh's army chased them. And then at the Red Sea defeated Pharaoh's army. And they'd seen all this. And then the Lord said, But I'm going to lead you day by day. Through the wilderness. Through the rest of your journey until I bring you to the promised land. A pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. And my presence will never leave you. That is such a wonderful foreshadowing of the Holy Spirit. And exactly what Jesus did. Jesus came to the earth. God incarnate. Bringing the presence of the Father. He began to touch lives and do miraculous acts. He touched people with compassion. He walked with the apostles. They watched his life. And they wanted to learn from him. And one of the questions that they would ask him at one stage is, teach us how to pray. So he taught them the Lord's Prayer. What's the first line? Our Father. Our Father, Protector, the one who would provide for us, the one who would be our guide. 
Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We pray that all the time. Do we really understand what we're praying when we pray it? Thy will be done. We want your direction for our lives. The way it's done in heaven, it's done perfectly in heaven. We want that to happen now, here, in our lives, every day, on earth as it is in heaven. Do we really mean that when we say it? That's the prayer Jesus taught. That's the prayer Jesus lived and modeled for us. And that's why when we begin to seek direction for our lives, it comes out of a loving Father who did incredible acts both in the Old Testament and through Jesus in the New Testament and through the power of the Holy Spirit to show His care, His tenderness, His compassion, His power, His ability to do what He says He's going to do, to live into the promises. And then Jesus has the model as to how to live into this will, this direction. And then He shows us. And then what does Jesus say? I am with you always. I will send the Holy Spirit And then the wonderful line in Hebrews, I will never leave you or forsake you. That's why we can trust His direction. We don't have to wonder whether it's right. We don't have to wonder whether it's true. We trust But the question becomes, how do we recognize His voice in the cacophony of voices that we hear out there? Because there's so many different voices telling us how it is and what the right way is and how we should live and what directions we should listen to. How do we recognize His voice? Jesus says in John 10, My sheep know my voice. We have to know Jesus as our Good Shepherd. We need to know that He's our Savior and our Lord. And seek to follow Him every day. That's where it begins. If we don't know Jesus as our Savior and Lord, there is no way that we can begin to recognize His voice. As we seek and begin to follow Him, we can begin to discern His voice and begin to trust Him. And what we recognize is it coincides with the Word of God. His voice coincides with the Word of God. Jesus who said, the Scripture cannot be broken. Jesus who said, He fulfills the Word of God. If you want to see What Jesus' life is like, you look at the Word of God. If you want to hear the direction that Jesus followed with His life and He encourages us to follow, you look at the Word of God. Because God does not contradict Himself. Jesus talked about, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. 
Jesus talked about my word is truth and the Holy Spirit will guide you into all truth. There's a consistency with Jesus' life. You know, it's, it's really interesting that I had someone not long ago ask me, how do you discern what's true? And I said, you look to the word of God. Well, well how do you know that's true? Well, it depends on if you're, number one, willing to obey it. Because if you're not willing to obey it, you'll always be looking for a different truth. If you're not humbling yourself and opening your heart to Him and submitting to His Holy Spirit, if you're always looking for a different truth, then it's going to be hard to discern His voice. See, that's part of the problem with our culture and that's part of the problem with the church. Because his voice is consistent with the word of God. One of the challenges in our day and age is there's such unreliable truth out there. Let me tell you what I mean by that. You know, my go-to these days, if you haven't picked up on this, is The Economist. When I'm looking for illustrations. I think it's a great measure of the culture. And this past week, last week's Economist, the, the title page, The Art of the Lie. The Art of the Lie. The article that is of the title page, the subtitle is Politicians Have Always Lied. Isn't that assuring? I mean, I don't like generalizations myself. But, I mean, that's a sad commentary. It really is. Does it matter if they leave the truth behind entirely? I would think. If you can't trust them, and there are leaders, we've got a problem. And that's the generalization, that's the assumption by this magazine and most, if not all, of our culture. Let me read to you from another article in here. Yes, I'd lie to you is the title of the culture, of the article, rather. Dishonesty in politics is nothing new. That's the subtitle. It goes on to say, post-truth political discourse. Post-truth political discourse. I think post-truth goes along with post-Christian. Because the more we drift from trusting the Lord. Why do we need to tell the truth? If it's all about what I feel and what I can get away with, I don't need to tell the truth because it's all about me anyway. I should be able to tell you anything because what do I care about you? It's all about me. If this continues, the power of truth as a tool for solving society's problems could be lastingly reduced. Oh, there's a no-brainer. (laughs) 
And that's why Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And that's why he sent the Spirit to guide us into all truth. To help us to deal with life's challenges and problems and struggles and pain. When we are desperately seeking direction in life. He wants to speak into our lives. But you know, sometimes when we're seeking direction, the answer isn't always clear. Because Scripture guides us in what it means to have a relationship with the Lord and what it means to walk with Him. And Scripture teaches us how to love one another and serve one another and how to live life. And Scripture teaches us about having a whole life. But it doesn't always teach us about having direction when it comes to career and when it comes to where to live and when it comes to maybe how many children to have. There are certain questions in life Scripture doesn't always give us exact guidance to. And that's why God has given us the church. And that's why God has given us wise people. We need people with wisdom in our lives. Wise counsel. Sometimes we need counselors, professionals. And the Holy Spirit is called the counselor, the one that draws alongside you. But sometimes we just need wise people in our lives to counsel us, to be our go-to people. Don't you have go-to people in your life? I mean, when my computer screen went black recently, I went to Norm Galloway. He's my go-to guy. I mean, I could go with my gut. I'd hit it with a hammer. When I was in high school, I was really struggling with the two sides of who I was at that time. I was a budding scientist and mathematician, as everybody told me. And I loved the Lord and was seeking to grow in my walk with Him. And I had a hard time reconciling the two in terms of knowing what to do with the direction of my life. My dad was an engineer. So I went to my high school guidance counselor. Counselor, right? First time I ever did that. It was my senior year. I never got sent to the high school guidance counselor for anything. So I went and I had my SAT scores and I had my courses and I had my grades and he had my class rank and all that kind of stuff. He looked at everything and he said to me, Greg, you could go wherever you wanted to and do whatever you want to do. That was not helpful. (laughs) That is not what I needed to hear. My dad said to me, I paid for my college, you're paying for yours, so my options were limited. 
He wouldn't fill out financial aid forms. I had no idea what I was going to do. I chose engineering because it was a default. Well, the Lord had something else in mind. Eventually, I figured that out. But I had to seek wise counsel. I had to go to people and talk to them. And I went to people that I trusted. Pastors, friends. My advisor at college was about as useless as my high school guidance counselor. Because they just didn't understand. Wisdom is one of the gifts of the Spirit. Wisdom comes out of someone walking by the Spirit. A wise person is someone who is holy. Not holier than thou. Holy. Because they walk with the Lord and they are set apart by Him. To walk with Him. They're compassionate. Because they care about you. And oh, by the way, they're practical. They're not living in la-la land. They're living in real life. They understand the practicalities of life. And they're consistent. They're not flippant or all over the place. We need people like that in the church. We need people like that in our lives. Which is why we need to be connected to each other. When we're seeking direction. See, if you're seeking God's way, you need the Holy Spirit, you need the Word of God, and you need God's people. Because He wants to guide you, because He loves you. He wants you to know His presence constantly in your life. Not periodically. Not when you run into a crisis and you're desperately seeking and you have no idea what to do. He wants to be your Father. Your Father. He wants to be your Lord. He doesn't want you going on your feelings because you're broken. You're sinful. And you live in a world with many voices who are trying to draw you away. You know, if you go back to the beginning, Adam and Eve, when they fell, before they fell, they walked with God in the garden. And when they fell, He came down to them again to seek them. And Jesus modeled walking with the apostles. Finding God's direction is basically just taking Him by the hand. That's really what it is. So that He can lead you moment by moment, day by day. 
It's listening for His voice. Because He loves you. And He wants to guide you. And it's learning to trust Him. Because we can trust Him. He speaks truth into our lives. We have the privilege of prayer. We have the gift of His Word. We have the blessing of each other and wise people around us. And He wants to direct and guide us. If you are one who doesn't understand that, come to Him now. Come to Him now. He wants to be your way, your truth, and your life. If you say you know Him, come to Him daily. Because we need direction every day. We need the big picture, yes. We need Jesus as our way, truth, and life. But we need direction every day. Because we have a need. We're sinners in a fallen world. Allow Him to be your pillar, your strength. Allow Him to be your shepherd, your guide, and your voice. In a few moments, we're going to be praying the Lord's Prayer. And when we pray the Lord's Prayer, we're going to say, Our Father... And I want you to really think about what that means. And then we're going to pray, Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And His will is done perfectly in heaven. And I want you to think about what that means for your life. Not because we get everything perfectly right, but because He wants you to be whole and complete. Because you take your direction from Him. Please bow with me in prayer. Lord God, we're offered so much direction in our world, and so much of it is flawed. And sometimes it's not even that we don't know your direction. It's sometimes we'd rather go with our own idea, our own feelings. Lord, I pray right now that you would shower us with your Holy Spirit. Help us to know the depth of your love. Your son Jesus going to the cross, dying for us, so that we might know him as our way and our truth and our life. And Lord, that we might be filled with the Holy Spirit and seek your direction and your guidance every day. Lord, we thank you for the gift of your church for those filled with wisdom around us, to give us guidance, to strengthen us and encourage us. Lord, in a world that is desperate for direction, reliability, trustworthiness, 
Help us to first and foremost seek you for our own direction. And then seek to be a beacon of light and life for those around us. Because we walk with you. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.